0: Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Rick Bennell gives us a trade idea, again, considering the Dallas Mavericks is what we've talked about all week long. We'll mention that again at the top of the show. Also, the all-star starters were revealed. Do you guys get Trey Young? We reveal what we learned this week and this.
1: Trey Young in the teeter. Trey Young in the teeter. Not even putting up a fight. You just, you just watch them. Potted plant defense. You're like Marco Bellinelli in the food line.
0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In the minute, because we live. We, live. we live. Matinee today for the Hornets. Recording starting at 1145 right now. So perhaps you listen to this before the Bucks tip off at three against the Hornets in Paris, but perhaps not. So we'll try to cover all of our bases here today. Throughout the podcast, Uh, the Hornets will be making their first regular season appearance outside of the U.S. and Canada. Pretty interesting. We've seen London. We've seen Mexico City also be the location of a couple of other NBA games. But this is the first time the Hornets will ever play outside
1: of the U.S. and Canada. So pretty cool. I just hope they don't get embarrassed, Doug. We've seen London. We've seen France. Mm -hmm. At what point will we see Hugo's underpants? I'm interested in seeing that. Although he doesn't wear underpants. He's a That's bug. true. Is that weird? It's like the Donald that, Duck thing. Like is Donald Duck a sexual predator? Yeah,
0: because he just walks with his fanny out all the time, probably a little bit. <laughs> I and mean, everybody else has fanny. Pants
1: on. Fanny's hey, a funny word.
0: Well, Goofy has pants. Mickey Mouse has pants. Who else doesn't have
1: pants? Um, Pluto, Pluto, now Pluto is an, but Pluto's a pet, right? Right. Which, uh, hold on. Now we're getting into a whole nother conversation in in that animals have enslaved other animals in the universe of Disney cartoons.
0: My question is now is Pluto enough of a dog in the animated world to the point where he doesn't have to wear pants or is, is pluto actually like have some human-like qualities to where he does need to wear some clothes and i also would ask the question from ryan griffin on family guy he's a pet but also he's enough of a character he, he probably is enough of a human to not have right to have so that's
1: the difference right because pluto doesn't have to wear pants uh, a lot like dogs uh, in our universe don't have to wear pants and by the way they shouldn't wear clothes like these people that put clothes on their dogs I'm okay. sorry, just get out of here. These are not because the difference is I have a question though. Okay. I have a question. You won't even let me finish,
0: but okay. Can you do it interrupting? It's a problem. Can you put clothes on your dog if they're cold? Is that okay? Can you put a no. shirt on your dog? You can't do that. Unless either. you
1: have to unless you have shaved the dog medically. And or if it's just
0: short hair, right? No?
1: Who cares? The dog can survive a little cold. Like, I mean, hopefully you don't have him outside uh, or her outside for an extended period of time during the cold, but no.
0: No sweaters or anything?
1: No. No, because that's the thing. In, In both the universe of Disney cartoons and in our universe, we've decided that you get to wear clothes when you can critically think, when you can reason, when you can, you know, you have higher level thinking skills. That means... You cover your naked body. I think Pluto's good. I
0: don't think he needs clothes. He doesn't talk, does he? I don't
1: well, think yeah, he says words. That's it. Well, that's the thing too. So that there's another differentiator. If you cannot speak, then that's the that's the differentiator. Yeah, I don't think I'm
0: I'm gonna call it right now, Doug. I'm gonna say Pluto doesn't need clothes. I'm gonna say Brian does. Brian Griffin from Family Guy. Absolutely needs closed. There's no doubt about it. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Again, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And you can also follow our show handle at Locked On Hornets. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, So we know that the Hornets are going to be playing in Paris later on today. Also, the NBA trade deadline is coming up. Rick Bunnell DM'd us a trade idea about the Dallas Mavericks. For some reason, we've become like a hybrid of locked-on Hornets, also locked-on Mavericks. We've talked a lot about Dallas ever since that Dwight Powell injury because it has opened up a door for a possible trade. It makes sense. If they lose some depth in the front court, it seems like the Hornets have a couple of veterans that – they would be willing to dish out in such a scenario. Rick Benell gives us the trade scenario. I'm trying to pull it up real quickly. I know that he thinks possibly trading Bismack Biombo.
1: Bismack Biombo for Thank Courtney you. Lee and some other whatever you would need to fill the numbers and a second round pick next or this upcoming draft for the Dallas Mavericks. So we would get Courtney Lee back. We would get some assets. Courtney Lee is an expiring deal. Good to know too that despite this Achilles injury to Dwight Powell that you would think would open up some minutes for somebody on uh the Mavericks bench, Courtney Lee still not getting minutes in in Mavericks and the 110, 107 loss to the Clippers, he uh he was on the bench for the entire game. He's just appeared in two of the Mavericks' last 17 games. And so that's why his name, Walker, is coming up in all of these trade rumors. Not and and this is By the way, we should make clear, this is not a trade rumor. We're just you know, looking at these moments of opportunities for the Charlotte Hornets. The only really legitimate rumor that we've had was from Ian Begley about Malik Monk possibly being a target of the New York Knicks.
0: Yeah, and it was a question. I I do want to get into Monk a little bit more just on how much the Hornets want to get rid of him, right? Because in that report from Ian Begley...
1: Nothing on the Hornets.
0: Yeah, right. That's interesting because we had kind of been asking that question for a while just because of the inconsistency, one, that Malik has brought on the court, but also just the way that Borrego hasn't played him, right? He's gotten a DNPCD, got seven minutes, eight minutes in the games previous to that, all of that before he scores 20 points. I'm interested in what we think the Hornets want to do with Malik Monk. But this report, strictly based off of the Knicks' interest in him, going back to this Dallas Mavericks trade proposal um, created by Rick, they would get back Courtney Lee in return. And it's funny because we also mentioned that soundbite from the Locked On Mavs podcast where Nick Angstad is saying, no, I'm not getting rid of Courtney Lee. And I would imagine that would be the only hangup in this, right? Maybe you don't want to get rid of a good but second round player
1: But you're not playing. And, it, well, and, and so you're not playing them now. But the question is, if you're Rick Carlisle, you know, we all know once the playoffs come and, and the Mavericks are fully focused on winning now and going deep into the playoffs with Luka Doncic, we all know that in the playoffs, minutes and roles can change dramatically. So sure. could they be resting Courtney Lee now, not putting him in the regular rotation? And then as we get deeper into the season, all of a sudden you see Courtney Lee as, as a bench wrench for the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs. Maybe that's the case. But... Still, he's not playing now. And I think that's going to make, bring questions in everyone's mind about is he possibly a a trade asset?
0: So to get this more exact, right? Rick's trade, exactly, I have it in front of me. It would be biz to Dallas in the wake of the Powell injury, and the Hornets would get Courtney Lee some other stuff to make the money even, as you suggested. But also, it would be the Warriors' second-round pick that the Mavericks control. And Doug, in that trade... I feel like that would be a win for the Hornets. I think Charlotte would come out with the better end of that deal. Now, I don't know what kind of pieces you would throw in to make some of the salary match, but Golden State, going to be bad this season. They're going to finish with a high second-round draft pick. So if you're talking about a borderline first, which is what that would entail, then the Dallas Mavericks, I think, would end up losing this. And the Hornets would end up winning. How would you see this if this thing actually did come to real life?
1: Yeah. And for people who say, wait a minute, Bismack, Biambo, uh, you know, first round pick maybe or um, high second round pick. That seems absurd. Well, hold on because... First of all, Dallas they've they've got a need at center, so you've you've got a little leverage there, and also like big physical centers like Bismack, who by the way has not played terribly this season, has been uh, has helped the Hornets and worked his way into the starting lineup before getting hurt and and being put back in a bench roll. But he's helped the Charlotte Hornets this season, and in fact, I would argue that him since he's been on the bench, the Hornets have been atrocious on the defensive end. And I think there's part of that is Bismack Biambo. So that that's a need. And there aren't a lot of guys out there like that anymore because of how small the league has gotten. And those type of players are actually really effective in the playoffs. And, that, and they might not be as effective in the regular season night in, night out, but I think biz has some inflated value for a team like the Mavericks that are playoffs focused, whereas not as much value for the Charlotte Hornets.
0: Well, and we talk about Bismack Biombo, the inflated value. It all comes from this contract because of the playoff run that he had with the Toronto Raptors a few years ago. Maybe. That's how he was able to make his money. Doug, are there any other ways that our listeners could possibly make some money?
1: Yeah, you can use uh, MyBookie, our friends at MyBookie, to uh, do your betting. Are you the type of fan that knows basketball so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Football season's cache. wrapping up. Cache. I love some cold, hard cache. But there's plenty of pro and college ball left to win money cache. on. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little and win a lot, who doesn't? Try a parlay. If you like a couple of the big favorites this week, you can use a parlay. They're perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. And here's the good news. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of this generous sign-up offer from MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid, and when you support our sponsors by going to the links and entering the promo code, you help us do this free podcast every single weekday.
0: Yeah, guys, support our sponsors. Unless you can be a defensive menace against a LeBron James-led team to make 17 mil a year and you can't, <laughs> then go ahead and put some money in my bookie or some of the other apps and sponsors that we present to you each and every single weekday. Hey, we'll Walker, talk about some- hey, Walker. Yes. real
1: quick, I just want to say, so Lee makes 12.7 and Biz makes 17. So you'd have to make up probably four or five more million dollars. Berea's in there. Uh, Ryan Brokoff, whoever that is, uh, he makes one point four. So there, Is there related are related to
0: Tom Brokaw? Is that a broke off? Okay, sorry.
1: Broke off, yeah. Um, they might have to break him off in a, in a trade scenario with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, like or maybe Roots. Boban. Bring Boban back. That'll be some size. I'd love to yeah, have Boban I'll in Charlotte. Boban. That'd be huge.
0: I'll take Boban just for the personality boost. I don't even care anything else that he presents. Give me the big hands. Give me the nose. Give me Boban. Give me the media personality. I'll take that. And you can take whatever else you want. You can even take Malik Monk. I don't care. Just give me Boban. We'll talk about some of the all-star starters. I do care. You're right. I care more than anybody really should. I can't quit him. I think he should be an all-star starter, but nobody else does. We'll talk about some of those guys that were revealed next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On
1: Hornets. I love leftovers, by the way. Huge leftover guy. Oh man, dinner dinner for lunch. I love that leftover dinner. Swing it into a lunch, maybe even to a breakfast if you're feeling goosy.
0: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets
1: podcast.
0: The All Star starters were revealed, uh, I believe, yesterday. And how I many? How many Hornets? Zero. There's not any Hornets. There's one former Hornet, but there's no current Hornets on the roster. We'll start with the Eastern Conference All-Star starters. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the captain. No surprise there. Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam gets the nod. Kimba Walker, second time in a row that he's an All-Star starter, no. and it's the fourth time in a row that he is an All-Star period. And how about the debut in an All-Star game for Trey Young, Doug? Trey Young probably the most interesting case, as well as maybe Pascal Siakam over a Jimmy Butler who has been sensational with the Miami Heat, having his hands in a bunch of different areas to help that Miami team. But Pascal Siakam gets the nod, and I'm fine with that. He's been really good this year, even though there was after the initial MVP run at the beginning of the season, kind of tailed off, but still very good player deserves to be in the All Star game and consider it for and consideration, I should say, for the uh, um, the starter spot. Trey Young, though, Doug, I mean, look. Here's a guy that puts up a a ton of points, someone that also is a really good facilitator, already really one of the best passers in the league. But he plays for a team that, even with some of the low expectations that some people had about Atlanta, I, I have to imagine massively underperformed. Yes, even with John Collins missing 25 games, I get that. That's a talented player that you're missing. But that team has been really bad. And you have guys like Zach Lowe and just even the eye test. I mean, the eye test might just tell you he is the worst defensive player in the league. This guy is a starter. I Kyle Lowry out there. You know you have. I don't. Ben Simmons could have been in the backcourt. What do you think about Trey Young being an All Star starter?
1: I don't get it. Honestly, don't. Uh, because where did he go to school? He went to school at what? O- Oklahoma.
0: Oklahoma. Yep. Okay, so he doesn't sooner, baby.
1: Okay, that's fine. But it's not. It's not a huge school. It's not like he's. A, he went to Kentucky or Carolina or UCLA or one of these like huge programs where he was a, sick there though I mean that's he was fine crazy. I know and he got a lot of attention and I get that but at the same time it's not like he has a or at least I mean maybe he does apparently he does have a national fan base but you know when you go to those big schools you tend to have you know a national fan base he's stuck in Atlanta Atlanta's doing nothing they were supposed to try to win all of a sudden they're doing nothing I think Trey Young's part of that and his inability to play defense hurts them but he shoots from the logo Apparently, he has a national fan base. I don't understand how. Maybe maybe there's some Russian bot farm that's helping uh, get the fan <laughs> vote up. But I just I don't get it. Now So I get the
0: national spotlight because he is exciting. I mean, he probably is offensively the closest thing to Steph Curry that we've seen since Steph came out of Davidson. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And so with that sensation... I'm not surprised that he has this national fan base. And, Doug, it's not like Oklahoma's crazy small, right? I mean, we've seen Buddy Heald. He was crazy popular coming out of that Oklahoma program. They get to the Final Four. You know, Trey Young was amazing in the first half of that season with the Sooners. Second half, they start losing a bunch of games. I know there was a debate on whether Oklahoma should even make the NCAA tournament or not but Trey Young was amazing and it doesn't matter if you can shoot from that far. We'll love you. Even if you play for BYU, just like Jimmer or did. So I don't mind the national spotlight. I get that part of it. What I do agree with you with is the fact that I don't think you should be a starter. I mean, look, if you're that bad defensively, if there's that big of a liability and you have other guys like a Ben Simmons, who, yes, he can't shoot. It's a liability in the playoffs. I get it. But when you talk about a guy like Ben Simmons or Kyle Lowry, then it doesn't make sense that they don't get that spot over Trey Young. And I feel like an old guy, Doug. Like, I feel like a hater. Like, why am I the old man get off my lawn? I don't want to be like that.
1: I just, I'm with you. I don't get it. I think it's interesting. So, Trey Young was number one in the fan ranking. Again, I don't get it. Player ranking, (laughs) he's... I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, Player rank, he's number three. So, the players thought he was a third best guard in the Eastern Conference this season, although the player vote is uh, notoriously unreliable. Uh, they had Bradley Beal second on on uh, among guards. And then the media ranked Trey Young second and Kimba Walker first. Kimba Walker, in fact, was number one in media rank, number one in player rank, and only number three in fan rank. So despite moving to Boston, you know, the market, uh, I'm sure, helped some, but it didn't help as much. But the players and the media still think that Kimba Walker has been the best guard in the East this season. And they're probably not wrong because Kimba – it, you know Clifford would always say Kimba is an underrated defender and it, uh, while he's certainly because of his size never going to be a super plus defender I don't think he hurts your team in the same way that Trey Young does but no. if you look at PER Walker I mean Trey Young tops in the east Um, if you take out Kyrie Irving in his 16 games played, Trey Young in 40 games played minutes per game, 35.1 true shooting percentage of 59.4% PER of 23.95 and he's adding about 9 wins to his team, so offensively he is so good that maybe it yeah. does kind of counter some of the defense. You I just get don't. It now. Get, I just don't get the fan. <laughs> I, no, I, I mean, fine. If the media thinks he's great and the players think he's great, I'll buy that. But I just don't understand how he is getting this fan base. Yeah. It's funny Kimball, because you can. Kimba th- was th- never afforded that.
0: Trey Young was pretty crazy, though. I, re- I really don't think you remember him at Oklahoma. Like, I, well, Kimba, I don't know. Kimba, I,
1: took, it, Kimba yeah. took Connecticut, uh, you know, on that crazy run. I mean, I mean, certainly. But also,
0: Kimba was really bad the first three years of his NBA career. You know, like, I, offensively, he wasn't doing what Trey Young is doing. By the way, you mentioned PER. You can probably find the faults with every single stat that we throw out there but the biggest fault I always have with PER is like Boban Marjanovic is in the top five in the NBA when it comes to player efficiency. Well, you, have to take I just some, can't, you
1: have to take some other things into account. Like you can't just use that. That would be silly for you just well, of to course.
0: use that. Okay. It's just a joke, Doug. You know what? I don't know if we have a calm read, but you need to get on it because you need to settle down a little bit. It was just a joke. Boban Marjanovic being in the top don't five. don't do in jokes PR. here,
1: buddy. Is that not funny to you? This is like, a serious is that not podcast. Hilarious? We are talking about advanced statistics People are very serious about that. They want more. I see you see all these tweets right now about people wanting more advanced statistics in the uh, the national broadcast. Let me just tell you, that's never going to happen. If you love advanced stats, that's great. You can look them up. Uh, that's we got this thing called the internet now. You can look up advanced stats all day long. They're not going to put them on the broadcast because a vast majority of people they don't care about PER, they don't care about EWA, they don't care about anything um, in terms of advanced stats. So just give up that dream. That's not going to happen.
0: Um, Cody Zeller cares about advanced stats. How about those screen he needs assists? He That's needs what him. I want. Uh, the Western Conference All-Star starters, by the way, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James is the captain, and Kawhi Leonard. I guess the only debate that you might have is because Kawhi is on that load management thing, but I have no problem. You want to put the NBA champion, a beast of a player, I'm cool with Kawhi being a starter. That's the only real, I think, contention people would have. Nikola Jokic, but. Remember, Jokic was out of shape the first like month of the season. So Jokic, e- even with him playing more minutes than what Leonard does, I- I'm cool with all the starters there.
1: Brad Beal being second among players. Mad yeah. respect for Brad Beal. And I think he's he certainly earned it. Tough situation there in Washington where he kind of has to stick around for this really um, awful rebuild that they're going through. So tough for him. But I'll tell you one thing. like You look at the Eastern Conference starters versus Western Conference starters, crazy disparity. I'm glad they're going to draft him up because if you had if I had to watch East versus West, jeez.
0: <laughs> also, real quickly, uh when you look at the Western Conference All-Star starters, LeBron James being the captain once again and Luka Doncic, you know, should if if Luka Doncic, I saw somebody make this point. Luka Doncic had I believe more votes than Giannis. Should we care splitting it up Western and Eastern Conference? Like if Luka is the second leading vote getter, should he have more should he be a captain over what Giannis is with the East
1: no Giannis is the reigning MVP that gives him to me that gives him precedent over everything I want to see Giannis captain I want to see LeBron captain Luca's gonna have his time trust me Luca's gonna be around for a very it's gonna be Luca and it'll be Luca and Giannis before it's all said and done Luca's gonna usurp uh LeBron James at some point and that's you know we'll get that
0: all right we'll talk about what we learned this week next on the final segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast
1: this is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, B shares Batik of New York, n.b.a. So take that for what you will. It's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The, yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. Let's get them on.
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, we talked about a lot of different things this week, including the NBA trade deadline, a lot of Dallas Mavericks, Malik Monk rumors. What did you learn this week doing the podcast?
1: Big thing I learned this week is that you, Walker Mail, are going to go down with the Malik Monk ship. whether he- <laughs> I will. Whether he eventually uh, gets released by the Charlotte Hornets or maybe suddenly, magically, all of a sudden becomes an NBA star or he gets traded, you are going down with the Malik Monk ship. And, and I, when,
0: knew, I, I knew When this. he becomes a star.
1: I knew this, the moment, the ridiculous moment on the, mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week when you started to go into the advanced stats and compare Malik Monk to Devontae Graham. That's when I knew that you mm-hmm. had lost your mind.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, the advanced stats not that far okay, off. Okay, you know what? I like I stats.
1: I'm not like huge stats guy, but I like mm-hmm. I like looking at the numbers and then using the numbers and the eye test together. Until to, now, what? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm totally eye test. I ruined guy it. Now. Yeah, you ruined, ruined advanced it. stats for me by that was the Boban ridiculous. Marjanovic
0: moment for you. Oh, Is that geez. what that was?
1: <laughs> what a. What a joke. If you're gonna say if you're gonna come on this microphone, look, do that on radio. if you wanna be radio walker, if you wanna go on the wake-up call on ESPN 730 and talk about Malik Mung and Devontae Graham See, you won't do that. You'll only do that on this podcast because you know if you do that on the radio, the listener line is just gonna explode. Your phone would literally explode.
0: Here's my thing, Doug. I'm just telling you, no way that Malik Monk is better than Devontae. But if it means that we have to deal him for second round picks or bad Kevin Knox, then I'm going to stick with my boy Malik Monk.
1: Man, and he what is maybe Kevin a little bit better than You're Devontae. He's going to drop that name into the end of the pile like Anthony Thomas. Oh man, he's bad. Knox. He's bad, Doug. Jeez, I swore he was going to be good. He just looked. He just looked like he was going to be a big. Did strong, he get your draft rose too? No, I wasn't like I wasn't a huge Kevin Knox fan, but he just lo- like certain guys come along and they just look like, oh, man, this guy's got the body. He's just going to be a good NBA player. I, man.
0: So I think I just learned based off of your criticism of my advanced stats mm-hmm. correlation with Dante Graham and Malik Monk. I also learned one. Not only do you not listen, Doug, but you also don't know how to read. I learned that this week when you wrongfully accuse the Charlotte Observer of not naming one of our podcasts. One of the top twenty, and also one of only two sports podcasts that was listed in the Charlotte Observer <laughs> as podcasts to check into on your ride home.
1: Ah, uh, why weren't we the only one? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're gonna throw another podcast in there. I think. I think this pod. We broadcast every single day. Okay, that's a huge thing and i think that differentiates us we should have been the only one and also i wasn't criticizing the charlotte observer i was trying to leverage the charlotte observer and leverage our <laughs> relationship were. with rick Bennell to get us are. prime position in an article and it was not the charlotte observer it was the c5 blog the charlotte 5 blog that is affiliated with the charlotte observer and they need to put the bold type needs to be the podcast names cuz i when i go to read something i'm looking at the bold type And I thought that the bold type was the podcast names, and I didn't see us in there. That's where I I made the mistake.
0: I also learned this week that nothing is ever your fault. All right, Doug, what else is something you learned?
1: I learned uh, this week that the Hornets are trying to avoid disaster in this crazy world of NBA rebuild where bad is good, where you do as a team want to be bad and, and maybe not on purpose where you're intentionally sabotaging things. But you want to focus on the youth movement, and that's going to mean that you're bad so that you get a good draft position. Maybe you get lucky. You get the number one pick. It's, it's weighted a little bit more evenly now. And so bad is good. Being a disaster is still being a disaster. That's what's going on in New York right now. They are just completely discombobulated. They have no idea what they're doing. That's where you don't want to be as an NBA franchise. And that's Borrego's big challenge, heading into the All-Star break, is figuring out how do I keep this thing from being a disaster? Because what you'd like to see is Borrego eventually just go all youth movement, call up Caleb Martin, call up Kobe Simmons, get them some run. But you can't do that right now because you can't, you know, go on some historic losing streak and become a joke to to your city and a joke to the players. The players just lose faith; they become complacent with losing. That's what you don't want. And that's Borrego's big challenge coming back home from France.
0: The other thing I learned was just make sure everybody that you're safe out there because I was at Harris Teeter earlier this week. (laughs) And what happened to me was I was just walking down the aisle. I was looking at some chips. I hadn't had these, the Miss Vicky's jalapeno chips. I haven't had those in a Mm. while. So I was like, okay, man, I saw that somewhat of an impulse buy. And as I was reaching for the bag of chips, so I had a, I had a basket. I didn't have a cart. So there was nothing protecting me. So I just had my basket. And what happened was a guy sees me and he walks up to me. But it's almost like a slight, dramatic, slow motion jog. And then he calls out Euro step, fakes right, goes left. And I don't break my ankles, but it definitely throws me off. I'm shook. And by the time I turn around with chips in hand, he's already turning around the aisle. It was weird, man. I I got hit.
1: Trey Young in the teeter, not even putting up a fight. You just oh, you just nothing. watch them. Potted plant defense. You're like Marco Bellinelli in the food line.
0: He was LeBron James. He was Bismack Biombo. He hit me with the Eurostep. Are step you sure you're not I, on the it,
1: internet? Because that seems like you just got on a TikTok and you have no idea.
0: There wasn't anybody that was filming as far as I'm concerned. Maybe he went to Harris Teeter and got some footage from Yo, the ceiling How do you know, cameras? dude? You didn't I even know. see
1: the Euro step coming. How are you going to see somebody filming I you? you got, I mean, your I eyes too. were on the floor, bro. You got to pick those uh, up. It was weird. Clean up on aisle 12. Walker's (laughs) eyes are on the floor.
0: And get my ankles while you're at it. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Again, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with you next week.